to the Unit Leader 101 podcast. On this week's episode, we are talking to Jane all about low-income budgeting for units and how to provide ways for your unit to be conscious of the budgets that they are spending for all of the activities that your unit wants to do. There are some great tips and tricks in here, and I can't wait for you to hear them all. If you like what you hear, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave me a review, and most of all, share this podcast with all of your guiding friends. I am so grateful for all of my listeners. Follow us on Instagram, unitleader101. And now, let's get started on this week's episode. Thank you so much for chatting with me this morning. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your guiding experience? Yeah, so my name is Jane. And uh, if you didn't catch the other podcast I was on, um, I have been a guider in Ontario for a while now. I grew up in guiding and I've been a guider for um, a unit guider for Sparks, Brownies, Guides, and rangers and then i've worked with pathfinders as a treks unit guider and uh with a trip unit and i've had a few other positions so i kind of know my way around a lots of different guiding spots but for today's conversation i have been a unit guider for everything and that's i think the important part and part so we're talking about budgeting and low income and so it's very important to understand that i grew up very poor (laughs) I did not get to do a lot of activities because I was from a low-income house. Guiding was my few activities. And even in the guiding that I grew up in, there was a lot of things I couldn't do because I didn't have a lot of money. Uh, Mm -hmm. The old badge system actually was very, I know a lot of the times people don't always like some of the newer interest badges that we had for the last 10 or 15 years because there was a lot of leeway. The ones before that actually were quite limiting. not a lot of people where I grew up could get the Lady Baden Powell badge because you had to get, I think it was every interest badge or so many. And many of them had w- limitations you wouldn't realize were limiting for people with low income. So, uh, and the community I guide in now, it's still the same. A lot of the people here are um, blue collar working class. Uh, a lot of people work minimum wage. And uh, statistically, I haven't checked the numbers for the last few years, but the last time I checked, about 20% of the Girl Guide membership in my community was under subsidy. And that doesn't include the kids who get Jumpstart or our third-party sponsorship. That was 20% of our Girl Guide members had their just membership registration subsidized, which uh, is not the highest, but it's definitely up there for the comparative to other communities in Ontario. That's I I loved that for those of you that are just tuning in, this is our my second conversation with Jane, um, who brings such amazing information and resources to us here on the podcast. So thank you so much for joining me again and jumping right into our topic. I love it, which is totally awesome. Um, so what is your experience in terms of creating um a budget or a successful guiding budget for a unit when they are in an area of low income. I mean, uh, let me be clear. I am not a good finance or budget person. I hate budgets. So I, you say budget, I'm like, ah, my brain. Um, <laughs> it's important to look at what you want over the entire year. It's important to look at what your most important goals and where you want to spend your money. 
So for example, I have never had a unit where we provide a weekly snack. Now, sometimes in a low-income area, it's important to offer those snacks because you'll have kids coming who don't necessarily eat beforehand. Um, but for us, that's not necessarily been a problem. And so that's a cost that I don't necessarily incur on a week-to-week. Uh, one big cost is craft supplies. We spend, as units, we spend so much money on craft supplies. And uh, one really great thing I did one year with my girl guides that I had that year was at the start of the year, I had planned out various crafts we would do. Now, this was before Girls First, so um, guiders did a little more pre-planning. Yep. But what we did, and you could do this now by having the kids pick the crafts. Uh, we had the crafts that we wanted to do, and I sent home a list uh, with parents, and it was all recyclable materials. So the only thing we had to buy that year was glue um, and a few items like that because we made uh, like one of the crafts we wanted to do was lanterns where you use soup cans or old juice cans. Uh, we made, uh, we painted jars and they put nice notes in it for each other. So love that. that is a really big thing with crafts is what can you make out of recycled materials that the kids and their families can collect ahead of time. Um, my sparks that year made these beautiful little jars, baby food jars that we they decorated with tissue paper and glue that we already had laying around because everyone's got a craft covered. And yes. I made little I made little cutout fairies out of cardboard and glitter you put inside. And we just put like a dollar store tea light in. And then they got these beautiful little fairy lanterns. Now I had to buy the tea lights. But at the same year with those the guides that we made all kinds of crafts. And some of them we didn't end up doing because we didn't get the supplies. Mm -hmm. But you'd be amazed how many crafts you can do just using recycled materials and it's great sometimes you see a craft online and you go and buy 20 different materials for that but we always have leftover and yep. that's another really great way to do it open the cupboard and just use the leftovers give the kids a free for all night or look at what you have and, and recreate something new which isn't easy for everyone to make up a craft off the top of their head that's why some people are better with this is what we're doing these are the supplies I need but using recyclable materials is really a good way to cut those craft costs. The other way is thrift stores. Yes. Um, I happen to work actually at a thrift store now. So anytime I see something really good, I message people be like, do you want this for a craft? Like, uh, and anytime I need something, it's the same thing that I do. And uh, I can't remember what your original question was. Oh, budgeting. That's totally okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> how I, and do we I budget? love that yeah. we that we went uh, that we went off to ideas on how to save our budget. Um, one of the things you mentioned in the beginning um, was girls on subsidy through GGC, um, but also girls that are on subsidy through um, Jumpstart and community organizations. I just wanted to touch that Jumpstart is a great organization for funding if you have girls in your unit that need support jumpstarts in all the communities um and I, i've worked with them through my actual work and they have some great programs and great funding and initiatives to support girls um and also um, grants you can apply for to subsidize programs and fun and events so just a note for people out there if you're looking for ways to support your units jumpstart is a great one I don't know where I was going with that either. 
but you mentioned that and I wanted to say it. What other supports have you found are great resources to use when it comes to, I, I, I would like to create a new word for you that is a budget, but I can't think of one. Um, no, it, I, it's, <laughs> it is, it's, I, it's funny. I, uh, in high school, someone, it was a slang. We used to we'd be like low budge, like that's low budge. And it was low budget. It was, you were, it was for poor people. That's what you, you call it. And budget's a great word. Um, just is financially a budget is like, this is how we're spending our money on yes. this, which is, is another really important thing is you have to plan out what you're going to do with your money. But parents are a really great resource. Like if you need camp equipment, put it out there to the parents. This is the list of stuff that we're looking for. So because either they might see it on sale and let you know what's on sale. They might have an extra one laying around that they can donate to the unit. And in some cases, a parent who maybe more, most people in the unit are low income, but maybe one parent has a little extra money and they buy it and donate to the unit. Uh, I had a unit one time that they put that out there and a parent gave them like a hundred dollar gift card uh, to Walmart or something just to go buy because this unit had no camp stuff. So in the end, they ended up with like seven frying pans. So you take the extras and you, you distribute them or donate them to a, to a thrift shop, but it doesn't hurt sometimes to reach out to your parents and to your community and say, Hey, we're in need of this item. Does anybody have an extra one or have a good deal on that? Another really important thing is to not be afraid to ask for deals, but to be courteous about it. I've gotten some good deals on equipment by just by talking to owners and stuff. You do have to be aware that if you go and ask somebody and another group goes and asks them and too many people are asking them, they start to say no. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes it's good to say to to do it with like a nearby unit, be like, hey, we're both looking for craft supplies or we're both looking for this particular item. How about one of us approach this group and ask them uh, yeah. to help us out? Because as I live in a small community, so groups get tapped, small businesses get tapped all the time for donations for schools and everything. So where one time they'll donate to a fundraiser that we're having for a door prize. Another time they'll have to say no because they've given too much that season. Um, and that is the other part that people forget about. And that is fundraising. <laughs> cookies are the most important fundraiser. And beyond cookies, if your unit say needs new tents and it's going to cost you $1,200 for new tents, hmm. you're allowed to have fundraisers. You have to yes. sell... 25% of that fundraise money has to come from cookies designated for that. But yep. fundraising isn't just for trips or for independent groups. You can, if you have a specific thing you need and you do have to fill out the form and do the proper budget. Um, but it's a lot easier to do those things than people think. And yes. I was one of those guiders like seven or eight years ago being like, I live in a low income area. My kids can't sell 500 cases of cookies. Surprise. You pretty much can, but you have to do a lot of work, <laughs> um, which is something Anything's else. possible. You, yeah. And that's, uh, that's something else we can touch back on later if you'd like, because I did fundraise for an international trip in a low income area and that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um, but Love yeah, it. it's reaching out and asking people and don't be afraid to ask for help. And sometimes like you'll get people like groups who say like, Hey, we heard you needed help. Like, and they'll offer you money. 
we're not allowed to ask for money. Nope. But um, there's a difference between asking for money and saying to a store, hey, I need to buy four tents. Can you give me some kind of deal for my girl guide unit? Yep. Or saying to people, hey, we need tents. Does anybody have an extra tent that they'd like to donate? In an ideal world, we have six matching tents and they're all the exact same. But sometimes you end up with six different tents because that's what you got and you do what you can. Um, and as long as they keep you dry, that's all that matters. And it's really important that if you are low income, that sometimes you have to spend extra money on things to get good quality because it will last as opposed to yes. buying a $100 tent that you have to replace every two years. Maybe you need to buy the $400 tent that's going to last you 10 to 15. Good point. And it's important to take care of, especially equipment in that. If you take care of it, it'll last longer. I've also found like, you know, we would volunteer at food banks and things like that. And our, we would do like uh, drives for book drives and we would do hygiene drives. It's amazing how much low income kids who don't have a lot to give and their families don't have a lot to give. You'd be amazed, I think, sometimes how much they're willing to give for those things, not just of their time, but they will collect the items that they're supposed to give and bring in. And I, I always found that to be pretty amazing. And sometimes it was because they understood personally the effects of it. It's always, yeah. it's always interested me that low-income kids are surprisingly, not surprised, I shouldn't say surprisingly, but I think a lot of the time we go, oh, our kids couldn't afford to do that, but they really can. And some they of them can, can. They're they, gonna find they a, usually will they're find, gonna a find a way. Exactly. Yeah. They go through the adversity and if they want it bad enough that I think, I think any kid, if they want something bad enough, they're going to find a way to make it happen. And I think that's one of the great thing about working with youth is a youth is that like, if they've set their mind to something, especially as a group, they're going to mm -hmm. make it happen. And I love that. And um, that's what we're here for. We're here to help facilitate that and be like, that's your dream. All right, let's figure out how we're going to do that. And sometimes we have to say, I'm not equipped to help you with that, but let me find you somebody who can help you out with that a little more than I can. So. Absolutely. I just did an interview with somebody who was a provincial cookie advisor originally in Alberta and then in Manitoba. And she was talking about how the cookie campaigns that we do are one of like the top fundraising campaigns, like not even touchable to any other fundraising campaigns that other organizations do. And I was like, I never really thought of it that way. Like we sell a lot of cookies to raise money to make things happen. And I just think it's awesome. I mean, cookies celebrated a couple of years ago. They had their 90th anniversary. I mean, guiding has been around for over a hundred years and cookies yeah. have been around for almost a hundred years. It's just something that is tied into our identity. And I know people talk sometimes about getting rid of cookies and they have in some of the other countries, but that's because they don't have like a hundred years of it being tied into. And what else are we going to do to raise money? And Absolutely. I have, there are so many, like there are lots of different types of fundraisers. And I know when we did ours, as I mentioned, I fundraised for an international trip that was supposed to go in 2020. So we got all our money, but then couldn't go anywhere. So stay tuned. Uh, That's going to be Jane's episode three on the podcast. <laughs> I was just going to say about fundraising it when you're, when everybody's low income is uh, it's important, like being flexible with people. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of like, we would do independent sales like Tupperware and Norwex and multiples of the, 
those. And instead of making all the kids have a minimum, I let them pick and choose. So some kids did really, really good on one and other kids did really, really good on the other because we found a way to make it flexible for their families to say that, like, here's your overall goal and here's all the opportunities I'm going to give you. And it just it really worked for some of the kids who they had family members that some people had family members that could support certain types of fundraisers over other mm-hmm. ones. So yep. that I think is always important with the low income families is just being flexible on their actual abilities and limitations and knowing that like when people say no or they don't want to do something, I always ask and privately with a parent, like, are you guys busy for this event or is money a problem? Uh, and that's something as well. It's always important with low income when you have low income kids, or if you think it is, I right away at the top of the year would announce to the girls and their families and throughout the year when we talk about stuff, if money is the reason you're saying no, that's not a reason to say no. You need to come and talk to me. We will work it out so that you can participate in this activity. Yeah. Even when it came to like dues, there's sometimes been kids where like I would go over to the patrol leader and be like, oh, so-and-so's mom paid me for like the next two months online so check her dues off for the next two months the family never paid the dues but then they weren't embarrassed sometimes it means that there's some kids that maybe they never pay for camp or they pay a small amount for camp you have to work within your budget because you can't do that for everyone all the time but not having money shouldn't be a reason to not come to guiding and sometimes, yes, there might be an activity that's too much money for some people, but it shouldn't happen all the time. So if you regularly have kids who can't come because of money, then maybe you need to redirect what your unit's doing so that it's affordable for everybody. That's, I mean, that's just my personal opinion, but, I, and there I are, completely I agree. I don't know what the subsidies are now because every year they change the outdoor subsidy and the camp subsidies, but there's usually help somewhere for uniforms yes. and for camping. And there's usually a way. And another thing people forget about is our beautiful trefoil guilds, which yes, in Ontario can be hard to connect with because they're not on our community roster. But you can ask the office or ask your ACL There's... if you're in Ontario. Otherwise, yep. if you're in the other provinces, you probably know them better. But trefoil guilds are like fantastic. They are experienced guiders. A lot of them have they 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 know things like they they know so many things. First time I went, first few times I went to truffle meetings, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could dig a hole in the ground and cook things in it. Like, what? Uh, and they quite often have gear that they're willing to part with. Um, a lot of the times they either personally or as a group or will want to sponsor a kid or help pay for stuff or help you fundraise or and I believe Trefoil Guilds have their own rules about fundraising, so they're allowed to kind of spread the money around a little differently. Interesting. I may I... be wrong, but I believe they don't have to sell cookies, but there's a limit on what they can raise money for. Trefoil Guild is definitely a huge underused, in some areas, a huge underused resource that are just fabulous and wonderful and a great way to support your unit when you need it. What else do you want guiders to know if they are working in an area that is um, low income for their guiding budget? So many things, man. Be sensitive and compassionate to the fact that not everybody has money and that not everybody, uh, you may have money and they may not. Or also you may not have money, but they may have money. Um, So it kind of goes two ways. 
Um, when it comes to the budget, it's really it really is important to just be realistic and lay everything out and sometimes have the conversation with your unit kids about like that activity sounds really great. That activity costs $150 a person. So we can do that. But what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to sell X number of cookies. Um, and sometimes that means, okay, that's our one big trip for the year. And some units, they get to do 10 of those in a year because it just works out that way. It's not always fair, but that's the way that it works out. Cookies is, okay, I move back to cookies, but it's one really good thing that some units will do is uh, kids will get to earn credits. So you sell X number of cases and that's for the group fund. But for every case you sell after that, we're going to track it and allot you that towards your activities that you're going on. It's important to know that if you are going to subsidize, if you want to deny someone the subsidy because they didn't sell cookies, you have to have tracked all of the cookies that people sell and be able to break down in the cost of the activity, what is subsidized. And you have to tell the kids and parents ahead of time, these cookies are for this. So I know that's a big conversation that comes up of, well, if they don't sell cookies, they shouldn't get a subsidy. That's fair, but you have to lay it all out ahead of time so that they yeah. know. Um, and group sales are really, really good for making up for that. But yes. yeah, just be just be conscientious of your spending. And like I said, don't be afraid to ask for help. And sometimes don't be afraid to ask for help with another unit because maybe you and another unit both want to do, ha say, have the same guest speaker in that costs X amount of dollars. Maybe they were already having them in. They may or may not mind you contributing to the total, but maybe not contributing as much. You always have such great ideas. Well, thanks. What? I could... I could wax on for hours about ways to save money. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, what is your top three ways that units can save money and to provide the best program experience for their girls? I mean, the best ways to save money 100% is using like thrifted and recycled materials for crafts. Mm -hmm. The second is to don't underestimate the power of just being in the same space with each other and using your imagination and kids will spend hours doing just skits sometimes they don't physically need you don't need to do a craft every week you don't need a snack every week you don't have to do outings all the time that's a big one a lot of people think you have to do outings all the time you really don't um, and the third one is just listen to your kids and have an open conversation with them you can tell a kid a budget and they don't always understand. But if you explain it to them, they may have amazing ideas of what they'd rather do. I hope that last, the last one kind of made sense, maybe. Oh, it totally did. You, you, may, you make a lot of sense. So what are some ways that units can save if they are doing um, a camping event? So the first thing to save for camping is where are you camping? So... A lot of meeting halls will let you have sleepovers there um, and not just necessarily your meeting hall. You may meet in a school that's not going to let you have a sleepover. Ask the other people in your community. Uh, I think it happens more in small towns, but there are a lot of youth oriented places like Optimist Clubs uh, or some independent groups that 
they're there for youth and children. So they offer a discounted rate. So straight away, look at where you're camping. See if you can find a, you know, do you have to be on a campground if you're just having a sleepover and you're not using tents? No, you can do that anywhere. Um, and don't be afraid to ask them, say like, hey, we're bringing in our girl guides. Like, do you have a, do you have a nonprofit rate or do you have a youth rate? Because yes. some places will do that. The second thing is your equipment. I mean, good equipment is important. And again, uh, when you're shopping for equipment, asking for discounts, um, asking people to donate equipment or collecting unwanted equipment, ask your, like I said, your trefoil guilds, because a lot of them, sometimes there are trefoil ladies or guiders who've been around and they have so much equipment. They have so many program supplies and they don't know what to do with it. Yes. Uh, they're just waiting for someone to come and clean out their basement and come shopping. And uh, the last thing um, is food and crafts. Again, recycled materials for crafts or don't make a craft at camp. I I am a big fan of um, hat swaps for camp. Mm-hmm. I am not a big craft. I love crafts, but I am not a big making crafts with kids because a lot of the time it sits there for a couple months and then ends up in the garbage. So anything that is made from recycled materials or can be recycled after or something that is really nice that they will keep for 10 years are worth the effort. Yes. There are so many activities you can do outside that don't require any craft or supplies or materials. Yeah. Dig into your craft supplies, dig into your, your games bin, use the stuff you already have. Don't buy new things for camp every single time. And lastly, food. Uh, kids do not have to eat gourmet for two days for a weekend camp. Uh, I, I've camped with some people. I buy processed cheese slices when we have grilled cheese at camp. And some people are like, that's not really good for them. No, it's not as good as real cheese, but it's cheap and it's one meal. And unless you have dietary restrictions, um, you can pretty much do that. And, uh, there's a lot of things that you can buy in bulk um you have to be careful but sometimes you can buy things in bulk and if you know that you're going camping on this month and this month you can buy a larger thing and freeze half of it and just reuse it um we also used to (laughs) condiments are annoying because you buy condiments and you use like a third of them sometimes at camp and then what do you do afterwards and then you buy them new every time uh my co-guiders and i what we used to do is we would the unit would buy them for camp and then someone would take them home and then that person would just provide the ones for the next camp (laughs) so every so off yeah so because i'm taking home a three-quarter full bottle of ketchup i'm gonna bring a ketchup bottle to the next thing and then every so often we we buy new ones and Sometimes people will bring the one that's just in their fridge. Sometimes they'll buy a new one. That's your comfort level about what you want to use. Um, yeah. But that's a good way to do it, to say, like, instead of everyone taking these leftovers home, freeze the leftovers if you can. Or, hey, you're taking this home. It's almost brand new. Next time we camp, can you just buy a new one and bring it? Because you're saving this out of your grocery budget. But if you replace it for the next one, that's a another good way to deal with the food. That is Awesome. What would your advice for guiders be for this year? Have fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. Money-wise, don't stress about it. 
sometimes you you know you'll be a little bit short listen everybody's unit has gone into the red it's fixable just be nice and and treat your finance ladies nice uh i know the other provinces work differently in ontario we have fabulous paid finance people that if you need help with stuff you know give them a shout and be like i'm not sure another i believe everyone has centralized banking now so it's important that your treasurer is the only one who can go in and make changes to your bank but everyone in your unit can have a viewing only password so everyone can see what the balance is everyone can see you know how much money is coming in and so it's kind of important always keep an eye on that balance and know before you do things like hey this is how much we have what are we spending on it kids will have fun without money they do it all the time and it would be nice if we could all have big fancy enrollment and advancement ceremonies and give big gifts and have big parties and take our group to the aquarium and on 10 camping trips and whitewater rafting, we would all love to do that. And, uh, but we can't. And sometimes it looks like other people are doing a better job online. They're not, we're all doing the best we can and uh, just have fun. That is awesome. I am so grateful for you chatting with me again. It's fun. I like chatting with you. Thank you so much to Jane for once again sharing her expertise and resources on guiding. We are so grateful to have you as a member of the podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Share this episode with all of your guiding sisters. Leave me a review or follow me on Instagram, unitleader101. And until next time, don't forget to share and be a good friend.